The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, we at Bluewire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world. George's Box. All the dramatic things I've ever seen. George's Box. Goodness gracious. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I think. I don't know. Whatever. Every day is a good day to be a Yankee fan. I'm trying to be trying to be upbeat, Nick. I'm trying to. No matter what's going on in the world, it's always a good day to be a Yankee fan. Yeah. Um, did you write an article today that's like, are we built to win an 80-game thing? Is Was that you? Yeah, I've been, I've been bored, so I wrote yeah. about how we need to get off to a fast start. Uh, I, Yankees typically get off to slow starts. So. I, I saw it tweeted out. I didn't look to see who, like, who wrote it. <laughs> you um, just knew it was me. And I was just like, yeah. I mean, it's just – it's the most bored thing. Like the way you're like, I'm bored because – I did a podcast this weekend, and then they're like, oh, da, da, da. like every podcast I go on, I tend to like on a Saturday or Sunday, just sit down for like two hours and book any, anyone who asks me the other podcasts, like I'll just bang them out in a row. And um, everyone just asks like, well, do you think we're built to do this? Like, yeah, we're built to win whatever the fuck it is, you know? Who gives exactly? A shit? Yeah, and people don't understand like just a little bit of a window into Bronx pinstripes. You know, most of us are putting out an article a week at a specific time slot, and it can be tough when there's no games for months to come up with things. So you really got to be creative. And you know, I just thought back to last year how we started out six and nine, and if you start out six and nine during an eighty-two game season, you could be in trouble. So that's why I thought of it. Yeah, I get so like I don't write or like I get to write whenever I want. Because I wasn't brought on the right. Sometimes I write. Some of the notes today I happen to write something. But I see for you guys who have like slots who are just like, yo, here's like, here's what I'm going to write on or here's what I'm thinking about writing on. And I'm just like, that's such a terrible topic. <laughs> but like, there's nothing there because there, there's nothing going on. It's like you're just rehashing old, you know, the same shit. 
and we've talked about it on here. We don't want to do Mount Rushmore of Yankee legends or let's look back at the 1961 home run race. You know, I try to do things that are current because, um, you know, people we, we've talked about the 90s, the 60s, all the glory days. You know, I, I like talking about 2020. So, yeah, I like it. Um, so 2020. We might have baseball. We got something. We got momentum. Momentum has been building, you know, past three weeks. I'd say past three episodes. We're getting closer. So this is what is like tough is that we are recording this on Tuesday and it's six o'clock and there's been nothing that has come out of like these afternoon meetings that I've seen. It's going to, something's going to break at 1030 tonight. Yeah. I mean, by the time this or midnight. Yeah. It's so, I mean, I just, I wanted to hear like a rumor or anything, but we got nothing. So we're going to go off the information that we have as of Tuesday at six o'clock And that is that late last week, the MLB owners put together a proposal. uh, Then they met on Monday, gave it the rubber stamp, seal of approval. This is what we're going to go to the players with. Because a lot of the headlines say MLB owners approve, you know, plan to start season. And that's not what it is. That's like if you see the headlines, you just go, all right, so they approved it. What could stop it? What they have done is they have agreed on a plan to present to the players. And I think that's very important to like to differentiate that this isn't like, hey, we've approved the plan. We've approved a proposal. Yeah, it's like the teachers have approved, you know, a recess schedule, but they haven't talked to the students yet. Yeah, it's great that you guys agree, but (laughs) yeah, I mean. Exactly. You know, or just any like as a company has decided something to bring to the employees, the employees may not show up tomorrow. Still. So we're going to go in kind of a reverse order of the bullet points that we have leading up to. I think the biggest thing's going to be the money. So we'll talk about that last. So the new proposed plan that has been brought to the MOBPA starts off with. No fans in the stadiums to begin the season. I think that is understandable. We all understand that. It makes sense whether it's Florida, Arizona, home ballparks, which we'll talk about. No one expects, no one right now, I think that's a rational human being, says for July 4th, because that's the other thing is, you know, this is going to be the first week of July. I expect to be in a major league baseball stadium. It should be open, regular, you know, 50,000 people. Yeah, people can barely go to the grocery store right now without being flagged or or waiting online six feet apart. So to pack, even pack 30 people into one row in the upper deck is unrealistic. So you can forget about 50,000 people in any stadium this year. So I think that that is, I think that should be something that's easily agreed on. Yes. Expanded rosters from 26. We just went from 25 to 26 for this year to 30 active players with a 20 man taxi squad of minor league players and prospects because we're just going off. There's not going to be a minor league season. It's, it hasn't been official, but for right now, you know, the, the priority is to start major league baseball, not minor league baseball. So maybe minor league baseball does come up with something. I doubt it, but they're holding out hope. So the idea is, there would be 20 more players 
that I get a taxi squad is just players that are around the team but not on the roster. And I don't know within the details of this, like, how it works with, like, is this essentially a 50-man roster and 30 people are active every day? Or do they have to still go essentially up and down and things like that? You know, is there any kind of a delay in, you know, coming, you know, being brought back? I think you'll only still be able to have 26 active. Um, obviously, that pool. No, I think 50, it's, 30, it's 30 active. 30 active. Yeah. And then an extra 20. So, okay. So that's pretty much the major league roster and most of AAA on standby. So, yeah, it's essentially the 30 man is. Pretty much you could carry four extra pitchers because the idea is at least at the beginning of the season, the pitchers aren't going to be stretched out. Because they've right. started. Especially they've spring training is only two weeks. Down. Yeah. In a two, three-week thing, yeah, guys are staying in shape, but it's not the same. So it's just safer to be like, hey, carry four extra guys. And they're going to be very cautious with the guys. I mean, they're not going to be pushing Garrett Cole you know, second week of July, you're going to see, I think you're going to see baby steps from the pitchers. And look, it's a big opportunity for guys like Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia and all these fringe guys that would have been in AAA. They're going to be up in the show now, which is going to be cool to see from our perspective. And I mean, it's so I, I don't know what it is because I remember Buck Showalter saying like when there's the 40 man rosters, like you shouldn't have 40 guys eligible every game. It should be like you've got a 40 man roster that you're carrying or you know wh- whoever you want to have around, but you have to designate 25, 30, whatever the number, you know, is as for today. So essentially Tanaka starts on Monday. On Tuesday he's not on the active roster. The, uh-huh. the active as like could go into this game. So there's going to be a lot of shuffling. Okay, yeah. No, That's that what I'm sense. curious about. We don't have those details. Okay, got it. Is it going to be? That, that sounds very hectic because then you're moving pitchers around every day, essentially. But where are they moving? They're showing I'm just up saying, the same moving place. Them off, mo- yeah, but moving them on and off the roster, that, that seems What's dumb that? to That's me a to dragon. That. That's a dragon. It's just a matter of like every day the team has to, you know, if it's a one o'clock game at noon, you submit, here's our, our 30 man active, here's our lineup. It's almost like football where they have the, you know, they don't, there's eight guys, I think, for football every Sunday that don't dress yeah. the practice squad. So it's basically like that. Essentially, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I think would work. I don't know what it's going to be, but I do think going to act to 30 people active, just so you have the extra arms, uh, it might make games longer. I don't think that's an issue for right now because if there are more, you know, uh, pitching changes, but I don't think for from a fan standpoint right now anyone's going to be complaining about long games or too many pitching changes to just get anything on TV. Yeah, that's all on hold. And the more everything I think about, I think about it from the Yankees' perspective, and I think this is a big benefit for us. Like we've talked about, most of these other teams don't have these fringe AAA guys on the offensive side and the pitching side that are just these quad A guys that can show up and mash major league pitching that are usually sitting in triple A. Same thing on the pitching side. You know, most teams don't have Clint Frazier in the majors or, or a Davey or a Clark Schmidt. So the bigger the rosters are, the better it is for us, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think the depth, like Brian Cashman is built for this season mm-hmm. <laughs> more than any other team. We did this last year. Yeah, he had a. How many guys played for us last year? Fifty with the, with the forty IL stints. Yeah, it's so. I don't see an issue unless the only thing I could see is uh, the players' association 
saying like we want 35 guys on a roster or whatever. Um, so, and I don't know how pay would work with that. And we're going to talk a big money thing, but like, I would assume everyone's just, if you're in that 50 man group, you're getting paid as a major leaguer. Cause you know, you're there. So I could see them maybe asking for more guys, but like, I don't see that as being a big hang up. That shouldn't be. No. Um, Games would be played only against your divisional and regional opponents, so the Yankees would only play the AL East and the NL East to limit cross-country travel and, you know, all the things that go with that, which also cuts down on one exposure, you know, in terms of going in and out of additional cities, uh, wear and tear on the body, I think, for, like, traveling cross-country. Uh, you know, when there are road trips that are then coming home and it's you either have the Sunday night game or you have you're just, you know, you're going west or you're coming east, you send a player in advance. So now that's one of your players, you know, you're sending Tanaka and his translator through an airport instead of going on a, uh, you know, a chartered flight. So, right. And this is stuff we don't normally think about, but that happens all the time, especially with pitchers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I remember it was three years ago when we were in Chicago when Gardner hit that that hit for that Sunday. That Sunday night game went like 18 innings. And I knew someone I flew home at like 10 in the morning or something. And someone else someone texted me and was like, hey, are you at the airport? And I was just like, no, I already like I just landed. It's, you know, one o'clock or whatever it is. Um, and they're like, oh, shit, Tanaka's on my flight. Because he was starting on Monday, they had a Sunday night game, and ended up going forever. So even if he stayed, it'd be like a nightmare scenario to to pitch it. So I could see where that makes sense. It's going to be interesting with this, um, because kind of two bullet points from now, games played in home stadiums were allowed, is what about the places where you can't? So like Toronto. Canada is saying if you want to come into Canada – for anyone, you have to quarantine for 14 days. What I read on Twitter was that they're going to use their spring training, spring training site. It's Dun Dunedin or Dundee. Dundee I can't even. Yeah. Okay. So that works for them. It's still on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. What if Chicago? Like, what if the Cubs or the White Sox can't play? And I'm just using. Uh, a major city for some reason Chicago whether they have a, a spike or whatever just go like listen you can't no we can't host it right now then they're in Arizona which is you're not in the central so I'd be curious what the contingency plans are there everything's going to be harder for the central because remember they're further apart to begin with there's no Amtrak where they go an hour an yeah. hour south and play the Phillies or go 20 minute Uber to play the Mets. So everything's going to be harder for them to begin with. And then you add in the fact that half of those teams have camp in Arizona, the other half have them in Florida. It's going to be a big shit show in the central for sure. I think the West and East should be okay with that. The central is where we're going to see problems. If they were to go at this schedule and let's say like the world is, it's not back to normal. I don't think it's going to be back to normal for a while, but like, you know, restaurants are open at like half capacity. We're not as worried, right? I go see my in-laws. You go see your family. Have you seen your family at all during this? I have not. I have not. Yeah. So, like, just those things where it's, like, comfortable. 
how many people do you think we get to a tailgate for a Yankees Phillies game that we can't go to? Well, you probably get a good crew. Oh yeah, I think we we could yeah, for sure. I'd be out there. And, and people in Philly love people in Philly will tailgate a parade. They'll, they'll just sit in a parking lot and drink. People here will tailgate anything, any event. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see that. But yeah, so that that's kind of where I you know wonder how. It's been my thing all along is I thought they should just do Florida and Arizona. That's always been my thing because you're dealing with two governors, less variables. Whereas now you're dealing with whatever it is 22 governors or, you know, whatever it ends up being the breakdown of, of teams and states. So this is a thing that I don't see the, the players necessarily saying no to. But it could be a sticking point for some people where they're just like, yo, like the Yankees and Mets players are like, I don't want to go necessarily back to that hot spot just yet. It is it is going to be tricky with the hot spots. And we always talk about being in the Yankee bubble. And obviously, New York City is the biggest is the biggest hotbed of them all. And I remember you saying, you know, for health and safety reasons, the Arizona plan, the Florida plan makes more sense. And that might be true for everybody when you take into account support staff and everything like that. But the players, like I said, they want their amenities. They want the Yankee Stadium training room. They don't want the the GMS training room. They, they want everything in their home parks. And that's why I think they are so locked in on this plan. And I think that's why that other plan that you liked kind of got scrapped. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought of it from – my whole thing with it was just how do we – what gives us the highest odds of having baseball? And I get there's a comfort level. Um, I just thought from you're dealing with two governors who play it a little fast and loose and uh, having more facilities and more fields for this taxi squad. You know, Because that taxi squad could just play a game every day of some kind, um, sim games or you know, play some other, other teams. Um, but then you even look at, like, I mean, Minnesota, from what I last saw, and it's been a couple of days, was seeing an increase in cases. Mm-hmm. And now, so they're a central team, but they play in Fort Myers for spring training. So, it like, if, let's say, Minnesota is just like, listen, things are bad here. You can't, like, we can't do it for the first week. Like, I, you know the first week of July, where are you going to, what do you do? This plan is like a game of Jenga. Like if one person does the wrong thing or if one thing goes wrong, the entire castle falls down. Yeah. So like Minnesota through, I'm like looking through April, they they were always like 150, 100, you know, something, whatever. Yesterday they had 528 new cases. They had earlier this week, 700 something. So we are talking a month from now, but, it's just things to think about that the players may say, or you know, just in general, like you've you've got to ask these questions of what happens if someone does test positive. You know, does one player, one player, you know, Gary Sanchez test positive? Do you shut down the Yankees? Do other people you can't you can't if if you're going into this saying of oh, one player test positive, we're shutting everything down. Then there's no point of starting it because somebody is going to get sick. So that's what the Korean league has done and they haven't had a case. I mean, I think they're, you know, as a country have been handling it better because uh, it's a smaller, you know, country. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an issue with for this year doing 
whatever you have to do in terms of divisions, leagues, whatever, which brings us to the next thing. You've got the AL and NL playing each other. DH throughout. I'm an American League fan. You're an American League fan. Watching a pitcher hit is disgusting. Yeah, I argue about this. Most of my friends are Phillies fans, so we've gone back and forth about this for years. And I always say, do you want to see a pitcher go up there and you know flail at three pitches and, and miss the ball by three feet? Or would you rather watch Giancarlo Stanton or J.D. Martinez? Where David Ortiz takes some hacks. Like to me, it's such a no-brainer. And when people use the tradition of the game or this is the way it's always been, a lot of things have been changed. The mound used to be, you know, closer. Black people and, and Dominicans used to not be allowed to play. There are a lot of things that have changed for the better here. So to use the <laughs> to use the change for the sake of change thing, I just think is a weak argument, the tradition argument. It's been pretty interesting because I did see a couple of people um actually say um like on twitter like if they do dh then i'm out on baseball and it's like that's a really weird place to to start at like this is where i can yeah of all the things you, you, because you can't watch a pitcher go up there and and meekly swing it <laughs> three sliders away you're gonna stop watching and especially when it's like i mean listen these guys aren't doctors they're not nurses they're not on the front line but like they are putting themselves you know, on the front line of things. Oh, by yeah. like they're they're being out there for our entertainment. Um so I don't and You care can't about go the opposite. You can't go the opposite. Like you can't tell us we need to have the pitcher hit. It's it, it's easier to tell the NL you gotta have the DH than to tell the AL teams, hey, your pitchers have to start hitting. Okay. So, so when the Yankees evaluate a pitcher, like Garrett Cole, there is a lot of, you know, you look into their personal life. You look into, you know, all this stuff. But from on the field, 100% is on pitching. For an NL team, what percentage do you think batting weighs into, like, how they make decisions? Less than five? Like, okay, like the Phillies signed Zach, Zach Wheeler. I doubt they looked at all at his hitting ability. They looked at his pitching ability. I don't think it matters at all. Zero. Okay. People are like, oh, Bumgarner hit a home run once. Cool. <laughs> Giancarlo hit 38 in 2018. That was way more fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. It's or they show that Bartolo Colon home run again and again that was from like five years ago. Like every once in a while it happens and it's kind of entertaining, but on a day-to-day -day level, it's a no-brainer. The other thing is the Yankees are gave a DH $300 million. Now you're telling us the pitcher has to hit? What That's do we true. do with G? You so my I mean? thing for the Can't DH has always been, especially when they add this 26th roster spot for like, you know, before all this happened, you're just creating a job. You're creating a job to keep maybe an aging slugger um, in the game. And dude, look around. Robinson Cano, Bryce Harper. There are plenty of guys in the National League that could benefit from getting half days at DH. Oh, yeah. I mean... Especially also in the, yeah, with this, you're playing, there's probably less off days. You know, there's a lot more just going on, like stress in life. You give a guy a couple half, half days off. I think that's big. I, I don't see any players complaining about, it. I mean, maybe Madison Bumgarner is going to be like, well, you know, I wanted to get out there and, and hog tie a pitch or whatever. him and Granky, him and Granky will complain. That'll be it. Granky is going to complain if he has to play at all. Because he doesn't want to. 
He doesn't that's like not, baseball. That's not what Granky's here for. But the National League hitters, I think, would love it. They would welcome a half day, although it is kind of a mental adjustment. And, you know, Giancarlo talked about kind of how hard it was because coming from the National League, he had played the outfield every day. He gets traded to the Yankees. You know, you're a DH now. And and players have kind of talked about it, how it is a mental adjustment of not being in the rhythm of the game and running in and out of the dugout. I mean, it doesn't sound like much, but mentally, I think it will be an adjustment for some of these national guys that, that DH this year. So I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see that being a hang-up. No, not being a hang-up. I'm no. just thinking about it from the, the day-to-day yeah. baseball side of things, yeah. So, I mean, so far we've gotten through a lot of things that shouldn't be a hang-up. We, we should be close to baseball. I do have a problem. I do have one problem with the, with the division layout and the standings. Okay. So if you read it, we play the AL East and the NL East. Now, I always use the Phillies as an example because we live here. So let's say we play the Phillies. We play the Phillies 10 times. We're still not in their division. We're still being ranked against our division and then the American League. So we're, we're playing teams that we're not necessarily competing with, which I think is super weird. Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird. It's one of those things that it's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. But I just don't think – I think it's insensitive to right now say – the first week of July, we're going to have Major League Baseball teams flying back and forth across the country. I just think like, I agree to society to say that. Whereas, hey, we're going to get you a product on TV. You know, I think that's different. Um, it's not ideal. I mean, we've agreed. We've like this is already a crazy season. It's already going to be something where it's already going to be, you know, eighty-two games or whatever it's going to be. So. It's one of those like something's better than nothing situations. What is that glass you're drinking out of? This is a Yankee Stadium glass. I got this for Christmas. Oh, okay. So it has it has like the streets like East 161st. It's got the NY on the bottom. And when you move it fast, it kind of looks like a, uh, it looks like a Mets logo. And I'm like, do you have a Mets glass? Oh, God, no, man. No, no way. what happened. <laughs> but yeah, I got this. Got this for my birthday. Beer tastes way better out of it. Um <laughs> But, yeah, and I think you're going to see it like, you know, is Aaron Boone, if he's going to rest Aaron Judge, he's going to rest him against the Nationals or the Phillies. He's not going to rest him against the Rays. So I think you're going to see with the lineups and the way they line up the pitching rotation, they're going to – I mean, obviously, there's only so much you can do, but they'd rather have Cole pitch against the AL East teams instead of the NL East teams. So I think you are going to notice it once the games start. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be – it's going to be a like a different – it'll be a different strategy, like 100%. So, like if Luis Sessa has to start a game, he's going to start against an NL team, kind of thing. Yeah. Like when you see those punt, when you see those punt games where Sessa starts, Tyler Wade's playing, and you know a, a lot of the stars are sitting, you're only going to see that against the NL team. It's so amazing how the whole world shifts to just keep Tyler Wade on this roster. <laughs> he hangs around. The quadruple he's, he's is twenty four. I feel like he's been around for. Is the three, quad- four years quadrupleist a guy there is Tyler Wade is how old? I want to say he's 24, 25. Tyler Wade has to be 43 I feel like he years came old. up like four years ago. He's 25 years old. Yeah, like he's not. I would have thought he was like 27 or it perfectly. At this point. It perfectly fits in my theory of the young podcasters, bloggers. I mean, you, I feel like if you had a younger co host, 
you could fall into it too. Of just like, let's be boys with Tyler Wade. He may stink, but we might get a Bud Light. Dude, him. I'm all about the production, man. I know I'm not going to be friends with any of these guys. <laughs> if the guy's not good, the guy's not good. I mean, I love his speed. Like, give me him as a pinch runner in the playoffs all day, and let's go steal some bags. But I mean, thirtieth you know, man. There's a limit there, but no, the guy just hangs around. He is the guy that just needs to be noticed. Like, I feel like he's always, you know, on Instagram trying to get a picture with Judge. Or if you remember the division, I don't know if you were at the game, but when they clinched the division last year, he went up when Judge was getting interviewed and he took the champagne bottle. He poured it on Judge's head while he was getting interviewed by Meredith and dropped the F-bomb. Like, the guy just wants to be noticed. He just wants to be noticed. He's like, I'm on the team. No, I remember when he did that. I was like, damn, you're about to J.R. Murphy your way out of here. Yeah, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, we, we know you're we know you're a Yankee. He's the guy that is running around telling everybody he's on the Yankees, I feel like. Yeah, like, because he could just be a good-looking, like, investment guy. And it's just like, nope, I'm on the Yankees. Probably says it a lot. I um, bet he, he says it the most of any of them. He's a Cali guy, too. He probably smokes a ton of weed. Who Allegedly. who Not even allegedly. Who knows? Don't sue me. Um, <laughs> so the next thing is games in home stadiums were allowed. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, I, I don't see, so everyone latched on last week to governor Cuomo saying when asked, yeah, I could see us having games in New York, but I don't know. And they took that, but the next line was, but I don't know the business of baseball. So I think New York is going to be tough to get two major league teams in there. Um, to get players to live in New York. I've talked about that before. Um, there are other hot spots. You know, we're talking about Minnesota. Other ones may pop up because in six weeks from now, who knows what the hell is going on. This whole thing could be done. Highly doubtful. Or, you know, we may just decide as a society to move on and chance it and, and let some people die. But, again, the home stadiums is nice. I... I'd prefer spring training. I don't know how the players are going to go. I think you bring up a good point that the players may just say, we want to be in our home stadiums. I just, it feels I just think the weather doesn't, I just think the weather doesn't work in Florida and Arizona. It's hot, man. It rains every day. And look, we love going to Tampa in February and March when it's, you know, it's warm and it's not in the summer season yet. But I mean, these guys playing day games in, in Florida in July, I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean that it have to be all night games. Pretty much, um, but it's there's in my opinion there is no right answer either way. It could well, be very given, wrong yeah, throughout yeah. this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So if they were to say, "Hey, we're gonna do um like what we have a contingency plan, and that contingency plan is suitable for the players." where it doesn't put their families at risk. It doesn't make that like uncomfortable. Um, you know, you got to relocate your family. You got to rip your family out of somewhere or whatever. Um, then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. Let's push through and, and figure something out. Exactly. And every player is going to have a different opinion on that. Yeah. I mean, and I keep going back. I use Garrett Cole as my example uh, for a lot of things, just because he's having, him and Mike Trout happen to be two of the biggest stars in the game, but I know that they're both having kids. Yeah, they're both due in June, right? I think so. I know Cole is. 
But I, I think Trout might be also. So, I mean, that would be before this hypothetical season started. But yeah. when we're talking about 1,500 guys, someone's having a kid in August, September, and you know doesn't want to have to like, oh, I got to rip my family. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be tricky, especially. I mean, guys, it's funny because 10 years ago, guys didn't really even, a lot of guys wouldn't even leave for paternity leave. Like paternity leave wasn't a thing. It was something that has came about pretty recently. Um, you know, last year I remember Bryce Harper left the series. He got a lot of shit from Philly talk radio and stuff here, but that's more of a recent thing. I mean, I remember early two thousands guys were missing the birth of their children. Well, I mean, that's, I think maybe Andrew said it to me when like I was about to be a dude. was like, yeah, my dad was like, yeah, no, I was at work. I came to the hospital. Boom. You're there. And then I went back to work. Like that's how, I mean, I'm in the middle of. Keep in mind, the entire time we've been locked down, I have not done one ounce of work. And I've gotten paid every two weeks. You know, because I'm on, I get 18 weeks paternity leave. Right. Which is insane. It's a sh- You know what? It's a shame, though, that you kind of got, I mean, you got doubly screwed with this. Because this was supposed to be, was supposed to be your time to shine at the stadium. Oh, I had so much. I mean, my kid was supposed to start daycare yesterday. So and I was, she was supposed to be at opening day and yeah, all those matinees and stuff. But I'm also supposed to be coming off of, like, I just did this. Now I've got four weeks where every day at 7.30, my wife and my baby are in the car out for the day. And I'm just, a, I got no work. I'm just a free man. Right. Just you know, like a back so like, frat. Every day game. Who wants to get lunch? Like, I probably been like, dude, you want to get lunch one day? I'm coming into the city. Let's get lunch. You know? Like, whatever I want to do. Like, I'm not going to be tanked. Like, 7 o'clock, my wife and baby aren't coming home, and I'm hammered. But, like, sometimes. <laughs> it is know. nice to be that guy that's always around. Like, my senior my senior spring at Delaware, my classes ended around early April. So I had, like, a month and a half that, were, that was just free. And it was, you know, want to get beers at lunch. You want to go to a game tonight on a random Tuesday, a Sixers game. Like, I was just up for anything. You're the coolest guy ever at that point. Oh, yeah. You become, like, <laughs> anyone. You just – and now it's tough, you know, because I'm – 35 so like everyone has work and shit um but yeah i'll just be meeting everyone for lunch all the time and you still live in a city and people do happy hour and you would have found oh yeah oh yeah no no it would have been great but you know that's the difference between like that was i never until i even had this job thought about paternity leave it was like oh maybe i'll take a week off from work and then (laughs) i took i got offered this job and they offered me six weeks paternity leave and then they increased it to 12 and then 18 while my wife 18 was 18 is just like a massive number. Dude, it's insane. That. It's insane. <laughs> I've gotten paid every two. I get paid every two weeks, just like regular. I've gotten three bonuses. It's insane. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. Fucking tech companies. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been wild. Uh, but, guys, if you're looking to last longer, maybe go a few extra rounds. Get to Bluetooth.com. You got a lot of time at home right now. Bluetooth.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Bluetooth's online physician is free of cost. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, 
That's B-U-B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. That's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Get yourself a couple, two, three boner pills. Um, And then, once you're tired, well, not tired because you're still up. You tired her out because you just blue-chewed her. You need something to do. There's no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. I don't think you can bet on how many rounds you went from the last uh, ad. But our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily, ma- daily Madison, Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. I can't read. You can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Are they doing that? All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solutions. Listen, I'm going to shoot you guys straight. I have to read those ads because that's what they say. But podcasts in general are numbers are down. People aren't commuting. So if you need to get torqued up, you go to Blue Chew. You need to, you got to start betting a little bit. You need to feel that fix. I mean, I think they're starting like Russian soccer soon. Like you go to betonline.ag and just get, let's start supporting these guys they're supporting us so that we can make these silly ass games so yeah man just boner pills i think i might just get some free boner but i don't know who do i got to tell to send me some boner pills you got to get that and then you got to get a you know the, the welcome bonus on betonline.ag and you know throw, throw your life savings down on our july 4th opener <laughs> dude so i started thinking through that ad like We've talked about it before, like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest obviously cannot happen with all those like just sweaty people on top of each other. Right? Of course. I think they still have to do it somewhere. Like America needs that. Like <laughs> there is nothing America needs more besides a vaccine than Joey Chestnut. It is bizarre. Like no matter what I'm doing on Fourth of July, I always catch it. I'm pretty sure it starts at I want to say it starts at eleven or twelve. The Yanks usually play at one. And I feel like I always catch it before the Yankee game or in between doing something. I feel like I've seen it every year since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, Him and Kobayashi, right? Yeah. I mean, Kobayashi's a piece of shit. <laughs> You're like, a diehard chestnut guy. No, I mean, just Kobayashi was like, listen, at the end of the day, these guys eat fucking hot dogs fast or whatever they eat fast. And Kobayashi was like, well, I need a million dollars to show up. Guess what? The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest goes on without you. <laughs> this isn't like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We don't have Kobayashi. <laughs> There's nothing more American than the 4th of July and a Japanese guy beating us. Like, no. Like, they and Chestnut's him. a boss. Chestnut won the wing bowl a couple of times here in, in Philly when that used to be a thing. Did you see the, like, 30 for 30? I didn't know. It's a pretty good 30 for 30. You should okay. look it up. Um, yeah. It's pretty interesting because they did start to win a Kobayashi. Thing. It was like, you guys are making me like the villain. It was like 80s, 90s wrestling. Like, if you're the foreigner, you're the bad guy. We got this American. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. And then he was like, I want a million dollars. So you're not getting that. Um, all right. Back to now we're getting into the bread and butter of the, this is these are the issues. 
14 team postseason rather than 10. So it would go to that. Everyone except the number one seed has to play a three game series in the higher teams home ballpark straight through one, two, three. Let's bang this out. Uh, they haven't said if there would be like that reality TV of like, you know, the GM's got to pick who they're going to play <laughs> or not. Uh, but this is a cash grab. I mean, it was a cash grab when they talked about it for the next CBA. It's a cash grab now. Now they need cash more, but it's a cash grab. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. The best part about baseball is the regular season matters. We don't let every playoff team in. NBA, 16 teams out of 30 get in. NHL, over half of the teams get in. Same thing. The best part about baseball is you actually have to earn your way into the postseason, and now you're basically taking that away. 14 out of 30 is a joke. It's a joke. And and if you don't get that one seed, if we end up as the two seed – that's a tough road, man. A three, a three-game wild card series, and then the DS. The playoffs are long enough, in my opinion. I hate this. So I'm not in favor of it. In general, if they wanted to do something for this year, and it was like, listen, because like it's a crapshoot. You got to get out to a hot start, whatever, and it brings us another round of revenue that we need as the owners, whatever. I could see it, but like we'll talk about later. You concede one little thing now, you end up in December 2021 having discussions for the new CBA. They're like, well, we just did it there. Why wouldn't we keep 14 going? No, I get it. But I'm thinking about trying to win this year. And, you know, I could just it would be so classic. You know, there's 82 games. We go, I don't know, 60 and 22. The Astros go 61 and and 21. They get the one seed. We get stuck in some three game bullshit series against the Twins or something before the, the DS even starts. I'm just imagining the nightmare scenarios from our perspective, man. It just does not seem fair. No, I mean, it's not when you're a team that is. Guaranteed a playoff spot. You know, we are a 98.2% like playoff chance or whatever. The last thing we want is more people in there. You know, like when you're in the club, I don't need. It's one of those things like when you show up to your buddy's house for a pregame or like, oh, your buddy's having a party and you show up and you're like, I don't know, could we get a couple more guys in this place? There's not, right. not enough yeah, guys. We don't need here. any more. Yeah. Right. We don't need. <laughs> We don't need need any more guys, man. And look, this is this is great for the Phillies. It's great for the Brewers. It's great for these fringe playoff teams that are hovering around 500 or a little bit above. And the White Sox could get like kind of hot. The the, the whole AL Central, the White Sox, all these teams, the Angels. But for us and for the Astros and for the Dodgers, I mean, look, if we get off to a slow start like we were talking about and we end up as the two seed. And we're in the same spot as, I don't know, somebody that was the seven seed. I mean, that's that's infuriating. Yeah. I think for fans, we don't like it. I don't think the players are going to get hung up on this. I don't think they will either. I mean, I doubt our players will be even thinking about it. But, man, like, you know, the one good thing it does is it really creates an urgency for that number one seed. Like, I don't know how everybody else feels, but if this goes down, I think we absolutely have to have that number one slot and avoid that that three-game round because that just sounds like, I mean, anything can happen. Especially like the first year of it, there's just like it's just weird, you know. And like, especially with all the variables at play here. I mean, I thought it was bullshit when we won a hundred games and had to play the Athletics in the wild card game in 2018. You know, who are way worse than us. We won a hundred. We had I don't know the third best record in the majors, and because of the division that we were in, we had to play in that in that sudden death playoff game. I'm just over the wild card round in general. I think. So I mean, from a fan standpoint, we agree. I think. 
the players, this isn't going to be a, a big sticking point, um, especially as we get more into money. Uh, the idea would be a mid-June spring training. Players want three weeks, uh, early July opening day. There are so many variables outside of baseball of testing and all this stuff that we could go on for for forever and it gets kind of political. But, I mean, yeah, hey, if you could do it, like the players want to get back to playing as soon as possible. So spring training is generally six weeks. I'm trying to think about how would a three-week spring training go go down? I mean, you got oh, what, a week of, of infield and batting practice, a week of inner squad, and then a week of maybe playing other teams. I mean, how are you yeah, breaking down a three-week spring training? I think you're training? getting – you maybe see because you're carrying uh, – you're going to have like 50 guys around. You're doing a lot of split squads. Right, you have yeah, two, no, I, yeah, you have – probably every team split squatting every day for a week yeah it's gonna it's gonna be really bizarre and to see what to see how each team kind of does everything on the pitching side because not all not every team is going to be in lockstep i mean brian cashman's philosophy on bringing the pitchers back in the middle of a pandemic could be completely different from the Rays gm or or billy bean or, or somebody else so i think it's going to be really interesting to see what each individual team does on the pitching side in terms of getting guys ramped back up plus like we don't know what everyone's doing like i feel like chapman's just playing dominoes and every guy who's <laughs> smoking playing, cigarettes yeah and all those guys also have catcher's equipment. Like he's throwing right. a lot of ball, or one guy's holding mitts and he's throwing punches. Whereas like Garrett Cole's throwing to a pregnant woman who like who can play, but like it's not the same. I feel like if you want to be a Raldis Chapman's friend, you have to be cool with catching his bullpens and gambling with him and losing money to him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a requirement to be. <laughs> to you gotta be wear the mitts. You gotta let him throw some punches in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, dude. He looks. That guy is jacked, man. He's a monster. So I mean, yeah, this makes you know. I think if the this so this dives into like Sean Doolittle, right? There are players. So there's the guy from the Rockies who was just like, yeah, I had like my spleen removed, so like I am. At higher risk, but, like, I'll be there to play. Then you've got Sean Doolittle, who's just, like, my wife's got asthma. Like, what's going to happen here? And then we're talking about 1,500 players. Then you've got managers, coaches who are all 60. So they're at higher risk. You've got uh, people involved with the travel, the planes, the hotels, catering, because they're not like in a bubble, but they still have to go to hotels and stuff. It's a lot of people to test. And like, I don't know, this MLB partner with like a chain like Marriott and just be like, here's what we're going to do. And that, I would assume something like that's in there. Like, we're always going to be staying at like whatever because they've okayed like here's the testing for their employees and da, da 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 And your Yankees versus Astros game is brought to you by Marriott. Yeah. Or just like Marriott, we're just going to give you all this money for all these suites that we need. And we're going to provide the tests. Um, but I mean, the test, the testing is going to be the big thing. I, you know, the, you know, the white house is getting tested every day and they still have people slipping through and that's supposed to be like the most secure place. Um, so then it becomes what happens if one person, two people, three people, where does it go? UFC had, a UFC, I think it was like 249 this weekend or something, um, it was our first like live sports, but they had a guy come in who trains in Florida. So he drove in because it was in Jacksonville 
comes in, says, hey, someone in my family may have been exposed to someone who had corona. And the UFC says, all right. They tell the public, they tell the media, we isolated him. He only came out of isolation for testing. And we were testing people in advance of this. Like everyone got tested a bunch of times before they showed up. He shows up to the weigh-in, social, distant weigh-in, whatever, and everything's fine. And then we get his test results after that from 48 hours ago that he has tested positive. But when he showed up, we isolated him. Everything's fine. The problem is he's on social media, not isolated at all. So two of his corner men tested positive. We'll know Uh. in the next 10 to 14 days if more people were... But he's on Instagram stories hanging with the boys. No, and and I was guilty of this too. I mean, because you think about it, and you're like, oh, you know, these guys are 26 and they're healthy. They're 27 year old, you know, healthy young men. But you don't think about the hitting coaches, the guys that are bringing them the Gatorade, the security guys, and all these guys that aren't, you know, 27 year old thoroughbred athletes. Yeah, so could be exposed. And there are way more places where you come in. So I think. That's going to be a big sticking point. This is where we get into like the big sticking points. Is like what is what's the testing? Because there are guys who are just going to be like, it's just not worth it for me if I can wait and you could actually have the testing. Because anyone who goes, well, like, what are they going to do? Wait till there's a vaccine. Some people want to do that. I don't think that makes sense. But there are just more precautions that we'll have in February. More things that we can do that we don't have right now. Yeah, and if you're waiting on a vaccine, there's no sports till 2022 at that yeah. point because there's not going to be a vaccine till late 2021 at best. So I think there's going to have to be a middle ground where it's like, you know, what are we doing? Where, how do we get, you know, enough tests? And there are going to be the people who are like, can we ethically get the tests? Can, you know, we, are you going to test 1,500 people every day, every two days when there are nurses and doctors who are like, oh, I can't get it. Like, I have friends who've, had it they haven't been told they have it but like they were with someone who got tested and had it and then they went and they couldn't get a test and then they gave it to someone else who couldn't get a test so that's gonna be a big hang-up yeah there i mean there's ethical questions there's legal questions there's health questions there's science questions there's a lot of questions yeah that need to be answered um an 82 game schedule so from you know the beginning of july you would it makes sense that you could have an 82 game schedule uh going off a pretty regular schedule uh the players have agreed in march to take a prorated salary based on number of games played so there might be opposition here that says well if you can get all of this together and we're going to start the first week of july can we get 90 games? Can we get 100 games? Can we just can we make some more money? Like, hey, if we're going to do this, let's start cranking out games and start getting paid. It's better for the leagues. It's better for the players. The players may push back and say. Now, the owners worry, and worry about. So the players could also say, we have a regular World Series schedule in this proposal. What happened to going in November, going in December? The owners are worried about a second wave and also being too deep into the getting into the playoffs. And then you've got NBA, NHL, you're like you're competing against other sports. 
Whereas, let's just get this 82, we're the only people on, like on TV. Yeah. Theoretically, I mean, the NBA Finals could be going on at, at some point during this, which we would surely lose to on the rating side. So, yeah, the second outbreak is big. So this probably takes, you know, that destination World Series. That we And we talked about the World Series ending up like the Super Bowl. Like, we'll go to San Diego or we'll go to Miami in the middle of November. That probably won't happen now that we're updated. Yeah. Um, I'm not like... Because they said first week in November, they want everything to be wrapped up in case there's a second outbreak. So you, you do the math. You, you would think now we're talking about playoff games in home stadiums, potentially with empty fans. That's really bizarre to think about. Yeah. I mean, and like I think thinking that- about regular season empty games is one thing. Thinking about an ALCS game at Yankee Stadium with zero people in the stands is kind of creepy. I don't think I don't think anyone has said it right. But. I think there are some owners who are like, well, listen, if we just get this going, things start going in the right direction. I don't know, maybe September we let some fans in. I think it was, it's like the Chinese league has like a thousand people in the stands. Yeah, I mean, that I'd be cool and I would go, but it's not the same as, I mean, what we've done the past couple of years. No, I mean, you're looking at a very, uh, you know, a very reduced saying, I wonder what the tickets are for that. You know, if you had, let's say there's a thousand tickets to a, a Yankees playoff game. Oh my God. Yeah. And they're not the first thousand seats. Like some of those thousand seats are in the upper deck, you know, three. I mean, you'd be essentially getting a whole row to yourself or something equivalent to it. Yeah. What does that, you know, what is that price? That could be, could be interesting. So and you have no idea what the supply and demand too, because some people might not want to go at all. You know, some people might be like, you know, I'm not going anywhere. And then people like me and you might be like, fuck it, we're going up. <laughs> yeah, like, what would you pay to be sitting behind home plate for the World Series and there's, like, f- only four people on the screen that, like, you could see, like, someone's going to pay $10,000 to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds you know, pretty Marlins, great. man. But, like, for the upper deck... Like, you could almost just open a bid system. Like, you know, not even like, hey, here's what we price it at. Like, everything just auction. Just straight up. Can you imagine what a a shit show the ticket sales managers and directors are are doing with all this and and them trying to figure things out? I mean, what a mess. You don't even fucking need those people. The ticket sales people at Yankee Stadium don't do shit. I can tell you what day. If you go, if I go to every game, I can tell you the day that renewal emails go out. Because no one's skirt goes close to their knees. A lot of them are just like, it's just like fuck boys who are like, ah, well, I didn't get a finance degree. I got a business degree at Elon. So like now I'm, this is what I do because my dad had a connection. Or girls who are just hoping that they're going to marry a baseball player. And some of them One of do. two things. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a hot girl job and you can age out of it very easily. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with, with this schedule. Now we get here's the issue. This is what the the one thing I think Tony Clark did fuck this up because he said that this was a non-starter and he didn't start with testing. If you started with testing, it makes him look better. Um, the owners leaked what their proposal is going to be, and uh, I, I don't think that was smart in, in terms of getting a deal done. But they're going to try to play the billionaires versus millionaires game. The owners are proposing. Because they are going to lose in-stadium revenue from concessions, tickets, merchandise, all that stuff. 
a 50-50 revenue split for only the 2020 season. So the prorated contracts, the $18 million that Garrett Cole would get for you know from his $36 million contract would now be scaled down based on revenue. I don't know how they do it. I guess they would be like, here are our revenue estimates. We're going to go off of last year. Um, and then, like a Garrett Cole gets whatever he gets twenty percent of like whatever the Yankees allotment is because like based on their current uh, payroll, he takes up about like twenty percent of it. Yeah, now you're getting into in individual players with the individual teams in terms of a revenue allotment. That's never going to work, and there's a reason it's a non-starter. We don't want to become the NFL or the NBA with a salary cap. It's never going to work. It's honestly a waste of time for the owners to even try and and get that across. Look, these players negotiated individual individual contracts. They're at least going to want a percentage of that. They're not going to want a percentage of whatever the team's doing. That's the whole point of, of having an agent and getting a contract. I think that... Listen, you're an owner. None of these owners are not billionaires. No one's an owner of a Major League Baseball team and is not a billionaire with a B, which is $1,000 million. Just to put that in perspective, that's a million dollars 1,000 times at least. And sometimes we're talking 5,000 times, 10,000 times. So they get tax money for their stadiums. They get like all this shit. They get all these tax revenues. Some go, we don't make any money. No, that's a lie because you're writing shit off. Like no team is not making money. There is a revenue share between the teams and all this stuff. I, if you think for a second, the baseball players should just suck it up and play. You know how many people don't have jobs or complain about millions of dollars? We're talking about billionaires who are asking these guys who have signed contracts to take less money so that they can save some money now. Now, these people became billionaires by being smart business people normally. Some people just inherit it, whatever. But sometimes your business deal doesn't work out. And for 2020, being the owner of a Major League Baseball team is a loss. Maybe. I don't know the numbers. But if you want and you don't like that, sell the team. You don't have to be in that business. No one twisted your arm to buy a, 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 a fucking baseball team. Sell the team. This reminds me of when – I don't know if you, you ever hear this, but all the time – at least I used to hear this – you know, why, why don't teachers make as much money? These baseball players want an extra $10 million and we have teachers and doctors doing this. Look, your favorite teacher doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. Your favorite doctor is not hitting the ball 500 feet. These guys are on a different playing field and a different stratosphere than your regular run-of-the-mill jobs. So people want to compare that. You know, people are out of work or my teacher's doing this, my doctor's doing this. These guys are in a separate playing field and, and the players don't want to get screwed. You can't blame them. And they're the ones that are going and risking their health, not the owners. Listen, at 7 o'clock, 7.05 every night, if you picked any channel and you threw Miss Johnson on there teaching algebra, no one's tuning in. No one's going to watch it. So like, And no right one's going no to pay her. $50 million yeah, a it's year. It's just a because. totally separate thing. Like, you can't think of it in terms of, well, I don't have that much money. Like, they should be happy. I see people like, 
I'll play baseball. I'll play Major League Baseball for whatever. No, you won't because you fucking stink at it, and I wouldn't watch it. I won't watch the Korean guys play. It's the most short-sighted argument when people try to compare Major League athletes to regular civilians at at a school. And then if they do do, like, if they were to take this and say it's part revenue and it's only for 2020, they go back to the regular 2021, provided everything works out okay. CBA ends. We want to go revenue share again. We want to put a salary cap on. And now the players have to strike. So the owners may say, and there are some owners who go, well, without that concession, we don't play this season. Fine. Don't play. For the players, they shouldn't play. Because come back next year, make your money. And as the owners, you're risking losing 2020 and another work stoppage because you're going to be so hard-headed on the CBA. You're a billionaire. You got to take a little bit of a loss here. Pay the guys their money. Keep it moving. Get, get back next year. Right. And I think there are a lot of if, if that happens, there are going to be a lot of idiots that still blame the players. But I think eventually as kind of history goes on and people look back at this and be like, man, the owners, you know, I think people will eventually turn on the owners. But, yeah, you're right. If you're a player, it makes no sense. I mean, you've already lost half your salary and yeah. now they want to give up more. So, I mean, I did some rough like uh, you did it with Cole. I did it with Cole. I use Cole as just as the example. He's the freshest, you know, contract that we have. And so I've gotten everywhere. My math isn't perfect. It's back of the napkin math. But Garrett Cole makes $36 million according to his contract. So that's 18 for half a season. I know it's 82 games, not 81, whatever reason, round numbers. Then owners say 40% of revenue is that, you know, concessions, merch, tickets. So now that $36 million becomes $10.8 million. But that's off if you're just doing deductions for him versus figuring out for the whole team, then he's a percentage of it. You, you never know. Uh, I saw one argument that the Yankees, could, the players could end up actually making more money with this extra round of playoffs provided like, you know, all sorts of things. The owners share with the players some financials, but they do not share everything. So it's not like the owners have been like, hey, we're an open book. Here's what our local TV deals look like. They have no idea. They just go, ah, we got this much money. They don't know where it's coming from. Uh, they don't They don't share it with the players. So there's no reason. Listen, there are a lot of people who've gotten furloughed from their jobs. There are people who've seen salary reductions, just like, hey, we're taking you know 10% off. And when they do that, when your company does that, you have the ability to say, all right, I don't want to work here anymore. I'm going to go work somewhere else. The problem is, your job, my job, it's not guaranteed. We don't have guaranteed contracts. Baseball does. And to accept something less than the guaranteed deals that they've signed was already a big like a big concession for them, I think very reasonable. To do anything more than that sets the union back to 1976 when free agency started. Exactly. Sets everybody back. And if you're not a math guy and these articles are confusing to you, here's an easy way to look at it. The original proposal said that the players would get paid for about 50% of what their contract would be. Now when the owners are factoring in this, you know, the no fans thing, they're looking at about 30% of what they would have got. Just meet in the middle at, at 40% or, or 45% and let's get this thing rolling. Because it's unfair to ask the players to absorb the entire hit for not having any fans, which is what the owners are asking the players to do. Yeah, I think if they if the owners 
owners just came back and said, listen, so we already had that one agreement. We need you to take another like 10% haircut. Yeah, meet at 40, man. But don't have it tied to revenue. If you have it tied to revenue, the players won't do it. If you just say, hey, round number, like, can you guys just take a, you know, a 10% haircut again? Then you have something. When it's tied to revenue, non-starter, as Tony Clark said. The problem is with Tony Clark saying that, that his first thing being money is tough in the public eye. It is. This was always going to be ugly in the public eye, uh, no matter what. So I, I don't think Clark or even the owners are too concerned about that just because, you know, they're going to get shit regardless. Um, but yeah, no, you're going from 50% of what you would have got to closer to 30. I mean, that, that's the bottom line here. You're asking the players to take the entire hit for not having fans in the stadium. And let's be honest, are the, are the Marlins and the Orioles generating 40% of their revenue from <laughs> Gate receipts and concessions. There's no way they they get five ten thousand fans a game. So I also think that forty percent well, is way overblown. It's like on the whole because the teams like they're just doing like a whole number um, for them. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying when, when you break down individual teams, I mean there are a lot of uh, we we look we live in the Yankee bubble. There are a lot of teams that are drawing ten thousand fans a game, twelve thousand fans a game, thirteen thousand fans a game, not fifty. So I don't I don't you know the Orioles aren't losing that much from not not having fans yeah um i mean yeah that's kind of been the joke is like what are you know it's not gonna affect the social the distancing at the marlins park right the trop or all these all these places and so this is like now you're getting it. so the governor of illinois has come out and said that the baseball players owe it to the american people to take a pay cut and restart the season <laughs> how much money do you think he's worth <laughs> The governor, um, the governor of Illinois. I'll say he's worth five million. Three point four billion. Damn. Okay. Like so, it's very easy. Is a billion? Yeah. Right. 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 I, right, I want yeah. this entertainment. So then we might as well just say, like, these guys—they're just these guys are just animals. Just let them beat each other up. Like same the football CTE. Who gives a shit? Just get out there and fucking dance we're, for me. We're going back to the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah. Just fight till death. So, it's crazy. And look, like we've said, the owners are not taking any health risks here. They're going to be in their suites. They're not even going to be in their suites. They're going to be at their mansions at home. The players are going to be the ones on the field traveling, getting exposed. The owners aren't going to go anywhere. There's no risk for them physically. Yeah. And like, you know, Tashera said, I would rather take pennies on the dollar and give hope to the people and play baseball than not do anything, lose, than not get anything, lose an entire year of my career. Mark Tashera made $213 million in, in his career, including $4.5 million signing bonus right out of college. Very easy to be like, you guys should do this. This was the most ironic comment ever. Mark Teixeira, and I love Tex, he's the classic Boris guy. The guy didn't care whether he played on Mars, whether he played for the Orioles, whether he played for the Yankees. He was taking the highest offer. And the Braves were butthurt that he didn't sign there. The Orioles were butthurt that he didn't sign there. And so were the Angels. Like, dude, you chased every dollar, and I'm never going to knock it, and I would do the same thing. But don't come back after the fact with this hindsight vision after you've retired and say that you would have taken less money when you chased every last cent when you were playing. I mean, I think that's just a terrible look. And I love Tex. It like it sets back the players. Like you use Miguel Andujar as our example, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of times. I use Cole, you use Andujar, and you're like, you know, there's a guy, fringe major league player, wants to get this money. He already got paid some money for this year. There's budgeting, like whatever. He got paid a major league minimum last year. You know? So 
Miguel Andujar, though, it's not about Miguel Andujar. It's about Miguel Andujar in 10 years, like whoever the next Miguel Andujar is, or like three Miguel Andujars from now. And are they locked in these shitty salary cap things while owners continue to make money? Like there's no, uh, there's no ticket cap. They charge whatever they want for tickets. They charge $12 for a beer. Uh, there's no limit on that. There's no ceiling. There's no, you have to spend a certain amount on, there's a, a, a minimum per player, but not for team. The twins used to always cry poor. And that guy had more money than George Steinberg. So and that always pissed me off. And it's like, well, we're not getting, we don't get like the, the Cubs famously do this. Their owners have said we have Cubs money. And then we have, I think they own the tribune. Like we have that money and those monies don't intermingle. Well, then don't own a team. Like, then you're running a business bad. Like, your right. job, it's a business. Your job is to run that to make money. And if you can't do that, I don't know if you need to add cheerleaders. You need to have dollar beer night. Whatever you need to do to get people out there, that's your problem. That's not my problem. That's not Garrett Cole's problem. That's not Mike Trout's problem. That's not Miguel Andujar's problem. So just run your team better. And teams act like making money and winning are mutually exclusive. I mean, trust me, the Yankees made plenty of money in 2009 and 2000 and all the other years that they won that they, that they spent. And guess what? You win the World Series. I mean, look, you know, ring the cash register with championship T-shirts, championship hats, championship DVDs and all that stuff. So I still think and I look, I don't crunch the numbers like an owner does, but I still think eventually it pays to spend if you win a championship or two with all the revenue that comes in after the fact. So I don't know where we're going to go on this, but I don't see this being a cut and dry. Like this is, we've got, so essentially, I mean, they have to have this done by the end of May. If they want to talk about a June 10th start, because you got to give people 10 days notice to be like, hey, we're going to start this up, roll out the plan, get At testing. the minimum, yeah, especially with these international guys. Yeah, get testing lined up. Like you got to get those resources lined up. Also, May 31st is when a lot of teams have uh, said they're going to continue to pay players, uh, pay uh, staff. So, you know, ticket people might have to be furloughed. I mean, I don't see how you pay ticket people. even if, And it's not like, does Garrett Cole get paid or does fucking Stacy, the ticket rep, get paid? Like, either pay her or don't pay her. I don't care. She went to Elon. <laughs> you know, um, I, I hope, you know, she does all right and gets a job or whatever, but I just think it sets baseball back. It sets the players' union back. It sets the Yankees back because that's what we do. We go out there. Our, our owners invest in the players and win us championships the way it's supposed to be. It's in the Steinbrenner doctrine, baby. You reinvest in the product. You reinvest in the fans. That's why we were able to give Garrett Cole $324 million, and nobody else was because we give a shit, and we want to win, yeah. and we're going to do it. It would it would really hurt the Yankees, and the other thing that it does, you know, I want to be different than the NBA and the NFL. I don't want all the teams to make the playoffs. I don't want a salary cap, and the thing that scares me is it seems like we're getting more similar to these other leagues. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I just don't think it's good. So hopefully, you know, in a week we hear some back and forth. Maybe there are, you know, some, some things going the, the players. Maybe the owners offer up. So I also don't think the players should just be like, oh, for America, I'll take a 10% like haircut. <laughs> Not going to do that. Like, ah, you know what? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll take 10% this year. Uh, service time. Yeah, drop it a year. You know, like you got to give something back because I'm also 
I'm at the same time, like I think the one and done in the NBA is stupid. If you're an 18-year-old and you can do a job, you have every right to go out there and do that job professionally. You shouldn't have Absolutely. to go to college. You shouldn't have to do it. If you I understand contracts and getting drafted and and you know you've got things in place, you gotta remember MLB has the antitrust exemption. Like they already have so much going with like the government gives them all this shit. Um, they don't pay minor leaguers enough money. They spend so much money on um, lobbyists so that they don't have to do it. Like the players don't owe America anything. The owners, the MLB, they owe America. So MLB, do the right thing for America. Please, please, owners, and and stop putting it on the players that they need to do this, or they, you know, Mark Teixeira or whatever governor. Stop putting it on the players. Yeah. Um. So I want to pitch, and we're gonna get out of here because I gotta go make dinner. I made ravioli. Uh, oh, nice. Sounds, yeah. Okay. Um. I, Bryce Harper did an interview with um, uh, starting nine Carabas and Dallas Braden. Great interview. Um, I'm, I'm good friends with Carabas, so I got to like plug it. It's a great, it's two hours. He never sat down for a two hour interview. Crazy to hear some of the stuff. He's like, yeah, you know, when I was 11, I was playing on like a 15 year old team and we went to a tournament and, uh, I, I walked 12 times all intentional. And then I went, uh, 12 for 12 with 11 home runs and a double. And like, then I figured I'd probably be a major league baseball player, like crazy <laughs> shit like that. But it went kind of viral that he brought up the idea of, uh, Major League players playing in the Olympics. 2021 in Japan, let's play. You know, let's do this for the game. Let's play. So I think that is a great idea. The reason that they haven't done it is because, like, what are you going to do? You're going to let these very expensive players go. Like, you got to get the insurance in place. But you're going to let these guys leave for, like, two weeks. The whole tournament in the Olympics is, like, eight days. So you got to let them leave for, like, two weeks because they're flying around the world. Like, we're going to miss games. I think it's a good idea. Now, we've already are going to be looking at either no season or a reduced schedule. So one thing you could do is just take, like, 10 games off the season. 150, 150 games just play. Take 12 off, right? Or here's how you save baseball. One, you let these guys go. Now, let's say you've got to make up 10 to 12 games. You add Saturday doubleheaders to the schedule, which people love. So you get a lot of Saturday doubleheaders in there. But now that's tough on the players. So how do you help out with a Saturday doubleheader? Every other home Friday, 1 o'clock games, like Wrigley. Ooh. You get a day game. Think about just like, you know what? Friday, 1 o'clock on a Friday in the Bronx? I mean... That's nice. Yeah, I guess I people like out. that. Yeah, I like the idea of just taking Friday off, getting the weekend started. Game ends, go to happy hour. Yeah, I mean, you got kids off for the summer. Dad takes a day off, brings the kid to the game. Every other, so we'd have like six of those. Like you'll have yeah, some. You'll have some night games. Like I get the idea. You got to have some night games. Mm -hmm. Like even the Cubs have them. But like a one o'clock Friday game at Wrigley is America. Let's oh, it is. do that. And that makes it so less team like you don't have to worry much about like, oh, we played a Friday night game and then a doubleheader on Saturday. Right. No, I see that. The only thing with the doubleheaders that, that kind of scares me is if a doubleheader 
gets rained out, then you're totally screwed. Like the Yankees played six doubleheaders last year. None of them were scheduled. So you're going to get net doubleheaders naturally, I think. I think when you have scheduled doubleheaders, it gets really dicey if there's weather involved with those. Yeah, I mean, so that, that might be a thing. Maybe you just have to go to a shorter thing. But I like the idea of sending the best players from all these countries to the Olympic supply. Let and then I know in hockey they do. They just do like a three-week break. It, it's like a larger all-star break during the Olympics because all the hockey players go yeah. and play for their countries. And, and none of them are from America, really. So they all leave and then they come back after the Olympics. I think players would do that. But, I mean, I remember back in the You also got to remember, though, that's an indoor sport. So they if they go longer, you know – it's that's fine like i don't know how they schedule i think they just the season is just longer versus now we'd be talking uh, about going into november okay but if you're hal steinbrenner and you gave garrett cole our boy 324 million dollars you want him to go pitch in japan and these you don't exhibition want olympics you don't want him to but if there's insurance yeah i'm just saying i think that i think the individual teams management would have some backlash towards that yeah um, well, although I mean, well it's the league the individual owners are the league yeah no it's, it's it's interesting i do think you know we need to grow the game globally and nothing else has really worked so i'm definitely not against it I'm i mean just the world baseball classic just got pushed back and that's like the biggest thing to grow it globally that we have um just got pushed back to 2023 so you're not going to have that for what five years or four years so now let's just I see what you're saying. Let's get yeah, the Olympics. Nah, you get these I think guys. You could. I mean, look, LeBron plays in the Olympics and the hockey guys play in the Olympics. I mean, there's, you know, why not us? I, I see it. Just throwing a couple one o'clock Friday games. That's mostly what I want. I kind of, that does sound like the idea of just, you know, leaving work Thursday, being like, I'm done for the weekend. Yeah. I'm going to a day game tomorrow, coming back, being able to go at it. Like, just, I feel like your weekend would feel like it was five days long. It'd be great. It'd yeah. be great. It'd be a bachelor parties would be built around it. Like, it's right. America. I just want more Saturday night games, man. The Yankees need more. We need you more get of that, those. You I'm, get that with a doubleheader. Split doubleheader. Day night double. One and seven. Yeah, yeah, just get tickets to the seven. All right, I'm, I'm coming around to this. There we go. Uh, let us know what you think about those ideas. I'd love to discuss them more, uh, more next week. But I think that's all we got for you guys. I think we're good. Hopefully next week, maybe we have something definitive. Maybe we're starting to map out potential spring training. Different yeah. things. We're getting closer, man. We're getting a lot closer than we were a month ago. Uh, in a week, like we could have a, a full plan, or we could be like, ah, well, no season. Like <laughs> that's the Jenga, other thing. Baby. Yeah, we're at. Yeah, we're we're both ways. Um, yeah. you can follow Nick on Twitter at n Kirby N Y Y. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. We appreciate everyone who's been listening because obviously we're trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit here. We've got the same things that everyone else is talking about. We think we do it in a more interesting, funnier way. We throw in, you know, some Bluetooth dick jokes. That's always nice. Go support our sponsors. Um, get yourself a boner. Do it for us. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see you guys at the parade, whenever that is. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.